Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. I'm excited to talk with today's today's guest, Patty. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So you have a fascinating background. You and I have known each other online for quite a few years now. For those who haven't heard of you yet, uh, let's do the official bio thing. Patty Farmer is a marketing media strategist, international speaker, podcast host, magazine publisher, and event producer. She works with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and speakers to help them attract and convert their ideal clients so they can make a bigger impact in the world and bigger deposits in their bank accounts. Sounds like a good thing. Uh, Patty believes that we all have a message, and your mission is to help us to master, market, and monetize our message in a way that creates transformation for us and our clients while designing the life we want to live. I love that, Patty. Thanks. So, well, you know, I was thinking today how long we've known each other. I think we've yeah. like 10 years. It's been a while, yes. Uh, so, You've been in business for a while. What got you started as an entrepreneur? It started with one sentence. It was so funny. So I was a single mom at that time, and that was like 22 years ago. Wow. I know, long time, and showing my age there. But anyway, so um, I was a single mom then, and I got married. And I got married, and when I got married, my husband said to me, do you love what you do? Or if you didn't have to worry about being the only breadwinner of the family, would you do something different? What would you do or be when you grow up, so to speak? And I have to tell you, it really was a surprise for me because I was like, I don't know. I've been doing what I was doing for a long time. And at that time, I owned a mortgage company and a marketing company, brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And I just decided at that moment that while I loved marketing my mortgage company, it really wasn't what I really loved to do. So I sold the mortgage company and just went, just did what I want to do, which is marketing. And it was really great to have that choice because we don't always get to have it, right? Well, that's a great question to really think about. If you didn't have to do what you're doing, would you still do it? I know, because what do they say sometimes? I've heard that saying, like, would you still do what you do if you didn't even get paid? And at that time, obviously, that my answer was no. But I would have to tell you that right now, where I am now, 20 years later, I would do what I do if I didn't get paid. And sometimes I do. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be able to scholarship people who sometimes, like I'm sure you get this, sometimes somebody will tell me about a business idea they want. And it is so exciting that the hair raises on my arms. And they really always can't afford to pay me. But their idea is so great. And I know it's going to make such a big change in the world that I just have to do it anyway. And I love that I'm now in a position to be able to give back and do that. 
that is a great position to be in to be able to have that freedom to choose what projects you want to work in, both in your business and as, hey, this is just something I want to do. It's part of my criteria, my table. I have this table that I use to to choose what things I do because I got to tell you, I can get stuck in making up my mind about a decision, so I had to come up with a criteria that I use so I can quickly make a decision. (laughs) That is a great idea. I'm sure that other people right now are wondering, just like I am, okay, tell us about the table. (laughs) Okay, so picture a visual in your mind. I actually have it on paper, too, and a and I have it on a visual that I put on the computer. So it's a beautiful, beautiful table for me. And so that table has four legs. And so here's my visual. Every time an opportunity comes to the table, right? Every time an opportunity comes to the table, it has to fall in one of the legs. And so the first leg for me is, is it a speaking opportunity? Um, the second leg, is it an opportunity for products? The third is for services. But the fourth leg is does it just feed my soul? Is it something that I just want to do? doesn't matter if there's money involved. It's just something that just feeds my soul, and that's okay too. But quickly, I can get it to the table, see if it fits in one of the legs, and then move on and say yes or no. And it has really worked for me to make a decision. Sometimes having that structure or that system is just the most amazing thing because it does. It takes the stress out of do I, don't I, and that ongoing process of decision-making that I know you're not the only one, and neither am I, that get tangled up in. <laughs> and it's easy to do, too, because you see all the, oh, this could and that could and this could do this. But the reality really is it doesn't always have to mean no now. It just means no right now, right? And so that's why I have a chair, right? Some of those things sit on a chair and wait until it's time to come back around. There you go. I like that. So if it doesn't fit on the table right now, it can go wait in the chair until later. Exactly. That's fantastic. So I know over the years, you've done a lot of different things in your business. One of the things you are really well known for is a lot of public speaking and a lot of hosting your own events. So talk to me about that for a minute. How did you get started speaking for your business and then making that leap into hosting your own events? And it's kind of funny, too, because you were involved a little bit in that. So what's really funny is I've only been speaking for six and a half years now. Mm-hmm. So what's funny about it is I accidentally became a speaker. I didn't want to be a speaker. Now, I come from a networking background. You know that, but not everybody may know it. So as long as I'm on the same floor length as you, I can talk, 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 no problem. But there was something about being on a stage that really was terrifying for me, like it is for other people. And so one time a friend asked me if I would come and speak for her, and I was like, no, no, no. And she said, oh, no, Patty, I'm really stuck. Like, I really need you to help me out here. Uh And so I said I would. So I showed up. And here's the part that's funny. It's kind of a funny story. Really quickly, basically, she said, oh, after I got there, oh, by the way, Patty, they're going to video you. I'm like, what? And then she said, oh, and you need to be funny. I'm like, so I got to tell you. for No pressure. No pressure. I, I feel like I'm funny in my personal life. I don't know how funny I really am the rest of the time, though, right? So I was like, what? And she said, oh, and you need to give an offer. And I was like, what? No preparation whatsoever. 
And I was like, are you kidding me? And she said, yes, Patty, you go to events all the time. Like, you know how it works. And I'm like, but you didn't even, like, my brain was just like going, oh, my gosh. So I did what I literally did for 18, the next 18 months. Uh-huh. Time I got on the stage, I went and got sick. I mean, physically sick. Oh, yeah. And then the whole time everybody else was speaking, I just sat there and didn't even think of anything. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, what in the world? Oh, wait, and one more thing. She said, oh, by the way, Patty, I know you were going to speak for 30 minutes, but the person after you got sick, I need you to add 30 more minutes to it and speak for an hour. And this was a friend? Yeah, first time speaking. I was like, she's like, Patty, just talk about networking, like whatever. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So, I mean, literally talk about sink or swim. But here's what I know happened. I got up there, and I'm thinking, well, they're laughing and leaning in. And so it looked like, you know, I guess I was doing an okay job. But then she held up the sign that said, give the offer. And I was like, what? You know, just invite the I, I was really didn't know what to say. And to tell you the truth, I don't always share this, but it is kind of funny. And since the show is called The Art of Giving a Damn, um, what ended up happening truly is mm-hmm. I said, so she told me that I should invite you. I, I knew not to say offer. <laughs> I said that if you want to know more, let me know. But, and it's kind of funny that we're on video so you can see it. I said, to tell you the truth, I'm really, really busy. I said that from the stage, the first time I was on the stage. I'm really busy, and I could probably only work with like 15 of you, 17 at the most. I said, but it's going to cost you. That's what I said from the stage. Wow. I actually have the video, and it's so funny, too. And I said, from the stage, that. And somebody in the back said, how much is it going to cost us <laughs> from the stage, just like they were at a concert? And I said, at least $2,000. Okay. And, and the person in the front row said, what are you going to teach us for $2,000? And I didn't have anything planned. So guess what I said without thinking, because I just, I said, anything I would teach you would be worth $2,000. That's what I said. <laughs> anything I would teach you would be worth $2,000. And that was the end of my speech. And by the time I got back to the seat, 37 people handed me their credit card. Wow. Okay. That is, that is definitely one of the most unique closes I've heard. for sure and I like literally I didn't have a form I didn't have nothing I'm writing their credit card things down I didn't even know what to do and at that time I was coaching with Adam so I I was coaching with Adam I didn't know what to do I called Adam and I was like what should I do and he said well just send them a survey and see what it is that they want you to teach them and then whatever they send back in the survey tell you that's what you teach them which literally is something I still do to this day And it worked for me. And I have to tell you, after that, I thought, where could you have the potential to make as much money, serve as many people, and help people transform their business? You know, it's not like you didn't know your stuff. It was just which stuff. And so after that, I decided, oh, I'm going to make speaking be a priority. And that was the start of that. Wow. Okay. I had not heard that story before. That's fantastic. (laughs) Crazy even. (laughs) Wow. Well, it sounds like uh, the offer went over well, so your friend must have been happy with the outcome there. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But she asked me after that, she said, oh, Patty, you should really speak more. And I was like, okay. So I went home and my husband said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to say yes to every opportunity that came my way, which is pretty much a way that I do things. So I just make a decision and then whatever opportunities I put it out there. And the second speaking engagement I had, I was in London speaking, and that was the start of my international 
career. I booked three more speaking engagements while I was over there. And I think if I wouldn't have done that one thing, I would not be where I am today. I think that was the thing that made my business. Mm. Well, and what I hope everybody takes note of about that was that you weren't perfectly polished, prepared, everything ready to go, mapped out, order for You just got up on stage and just shared. Well, I had to add 30 minutes, so I was pretty much just talking, right? I just kind of, and, you know, that's what I love now. It's the thing I love the most about my business is connecting, really, because I come from there, right? So to me, it's always about connecting. And I feel like sometimes you can be too prepared. I really want to be able to look at the audience, and I always try to remember two things. One, it's not about me. It's always about them. And two, I don't want to be so prepared that when I can see them and see that, wow, here's where I was going to go, but I can clearly see this is where they need me to go, and you need to be able to pivot. Well, I love that, and it ties back to something you said just kind of offhand a minute ago about anything you taught them would be worth the $2,000, that idea of if you're an expert and you actually know your stuff, then you you should be able to get up and go for 30 minutes or an hour sharing valuable information about it. That's not a hard thing to do when you know your stuff and you understand how to basically outline what you're going to share and share it. I think the hard part is that as you've been in business for a while, you get to the point where you have so much stuff that it isn't so much sharing. It's what stuff do I share? That is always the thing is narrowing it down. And that's why asking, you know, and saying, in our limited amount of time together, what are the top three things that you would like to walk away with? And when enough people send you back the same three things, you realize those are the things they really want you to teach them. So that has served me well. Yeah, that's a great tip when it comes to speaking somewhere, when it comes to putting a program together, anything we do, asking people, hey, what do you need right now? What can I actually share that would be of service to you? I have people ask me all the time, how do you know what kind of content people want you to create? And my first response is, well, have you asked them? And so many people skip that step. It just doesn't even occur to them to say, hey, what would you like to hear about? What can I actually help you with? It's such a small thing, but it makes such a big difference. It's actually a big thing because when I did events, when I went and did my very first event, which I was really terrified to do, my very first event, it was so terrifying to me that I didn't even tell anybody. I did it by invitation only, and I didn't put it out there because I thought, oh, if I fail, right, is that the question we ask? If I fail, right, so I didn't, so I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. You know, I come from the networking world, so I had a lot of connections, so I just put it out there that way. I sold it out in two weeks. I thought it was an anomaly, right, that it happened that time. But here's what <laughs> I'm going to tell you. If you ask, they keep telling you, because I have to tell you, at the end of that event, when I got the feedback, they said, oh, you know what would be great, Patty, if you did this? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, what a great idea. So the next year I did that. And then at the end of that one, they're like, oh, you know what we'd love? We'd love if you added a day for speakers on. That would be really great. Oh, okay. And this year, it's been five years since I've done that event. And this year, they said, we would really love it if you do one international. Mm-hmm. And so a few months ago, I spent a month in Italy. And now this year, at the end of the year, we're doing our very first international event in Italy. And I am so excited. Okay, so talk me through that piece of things. How did you go from surviving that first time on stage to deciding, okay, I'm just going to do my own event? Like, what was that like? I know a lot of people uh, who who listen to this podcast, they've either spoken on stage, they're doing webinars, virtual presentations, but 
that leap into hosting your own event is it can feel scary. It can feel scary, but I think the thing that I would say is to just what is what are you comfortable with? So if you're a speaker, so here's the number one thing I'd say. If you're a speaker, what I did was I looked back at all the speaking I had done and I thought to myself, what was the size that was the most that worked the best for me. Like how many people were in the room? In other words, look at your sales, look at your comfort, look at how you liked to present, like what made you happy, right? You know, who, how did you serve the most amount of people? Find that. Once I found that, it was really kind of funny because my coach at the time thought that I should do an event for hundreds of people. And at that time I said, no, I really had found what my sweet spot was. And my sweet spot was 60 to 75 it was okay. small enough that I could still connect with everybody, but big enough that it was still profitable okay. for what I needed to do. So that was my number. Now, for some, it might be 15. You know, I do retreats that there's only 20, yeah. right? So yeah. it really all depends. So I would say that's what you really need to do first mm-hmm. and then tweak it and then see how is that really working and how, and do you want to do it by yourself? Do you want to have other speakers Right. You know, that was a big one for me, too. In the beginning, I had a lot of speakers. You spoke at one of my events that I did. I did. It was a blast. And that was really fun. I still love that picture of you laying on the floor with a laying on the floor with that um, logo we had on the floor there. Yeah, that was that, such a funny picture. That needs explanation. Patty hosted a social media event and she had this gorgeous floor decal on the floor in the hotel hallway that had the logo and like all these cute little I. I I wanted a selfie with it, but it's on the floor. So I laid down on the floor and took a selfie with it. <laughs> I love that. That was really so fun. But, you know, the thing is, there's all different kinds of ways to be able to do events. And you just have to find your way. And the other question is, the audience that you serve, how do they want to receive that information? You know, are they the type of, is your audience the type of people that want to be in a crowd, you know? Sometimes I think people think that, oh, it's all in numbers. I have to say that, yes, you can go to an event. I just got back from Miami where I was at an event, the biggest event I'd ever been at. 35,000 people were there. Wow. Okay, that's a big event. It was crazy. And it was a really, really big event. And then I have been at events where there literally were like 40 Mm -hmm. and literally made the same amount of money in both events. So really, honestly, how many people – does not mean how much money you are going to make. Going to make. You only need to make one connection. And I think sometimes what happens is when people go to events, they think there needs to be a lot of people. And really, then they're just working the room. They're not making connections. Yeah. They're just working the room. Collecting business cards does not do it anymore. No, it is not about how many business cards you either hand out or collect that does not translate into money in your business unless you know what to do with those cards once you've got them. Yeah, that would be a whole nother podcast right there. But but really, honestly, I think people think that. So when they're choosing Mm -hmm. what type of events that they want to go to, I think it's really important to think about that, right? You know, because I know what I like. I have this um, friend that I go to events with a lot. Her and I kind of attend events a lot if I go to events that I'm not speaking at. And the reason why is I only type, I hate to admit this, but it is what it is. I can only type 43 words a minute. That is so bad. Like I suck at it, right? Because I have long nails, but she can type at the speed of sound. She can type (laughs) so quick, 
But you know what? I'm all about strategy. So we go together. She types every single thing and sends me the notes. I know the business inside and out. And all I do is take strategy notes. What we should do in our business and what I should. And then it works for us. So find a buddy if that's what you need to do. But figure out what works best for you. That's a great tip because I think too often we focus on either, well, I can't do this because, or I'm not good enough at this piece. Well, really, if you just figure out an arrangement like that, you can make those things not a problem at all. It's about how creative are you willing to get. Exactly. And that's what's so great about collaboration, right? Because somebody can have a skill set. Because I got to tell you, Michelle, that was the biggest thing that held me back in my business. Now, I was great at collaborating, but I got to tell you, if you were in my office and you could see my whiteboard, it had all these projects on it, but every project that wasn't getting done was because of one thing. Oh, this needed some copywriting, this needed this, this needed that, and if there's something I learned about myself, we learn things about ourselves all the time, and one of the things that I learned about me was that when I don't control, I create. So if I don't have any control of the project, I just go create another one, <laughs> right? And so consequently, a lot of my things weren't getting done. Yeah. And I finally had to learn that, okay, Patty, like that needs to get done. You have to figure out. And you know what happened? I saw a pattern mm-hmm. of the same things that weren't getting done. And so I just, for me, I just said, oh, I'm just going to get a team. And so I just hired people to work for me and my stuff all got done. Yeah. You know, that's a really great point because- when we objectively look at what's getting done and what's not, we usually do see those patterns. We can go, okay, that's why this isn't moving forward. And when we can be honest with ourselves about it, then we can get it moving forward again. Exactly, because we're all different, right? And so for me, I want to only work in my strengths. My coach says my zone of genius. I want to work in my zone of genius and hire other people to work in theirs. And that's how things get done in my business. Absolutely. Well, speaking of collaboration and and big projects, let's shift gears for a minute and talk about your magazine. So you actually launched a magazine. It's been at least a year, right? Mm -hmm. Year and a half. And And that was, that was the project that was on the chair for the longest time. My team was like, no, Patty, we can't do it. You don't have the bandwidth. It was like my baby. I wanted to do it so badly, but everybody was like, no, no, no. Now's all the time. Sometimes you have to listen to your team, right? Um, But finally, I was like, nope, we're doing it. And I have to say, of all the things that I do, it's one of my absolute favorite things to do. And one of the funniest things is everybody says, oh, you can outsource a lot of that too. Now, I do outsource the putting it together and the detailed stuff on the creative, but I love being able to be the person to choose who's in the magazine. I love being able to have those conversations, decide what I want how I want the flow of the magazine, and how I want it to serve. So it's so important to me that that magazine be full of not just what's happening, but what's happening now. What are the trends? What's relevant and current right now? And that's what's important to me. Yeah, it's a fantastic magazine. For anybody listening, you can find out more about it at pattyfarmer.com forward slash magazine. We'll put a link near the audio or the video uh, to that as well. But Let's talk about that process of of going from idea to actually making it happen. Because a lot of people have those ideas sitting in the chair of, I would really love to do this. This is is what I know my dream is at some point. What what switch flipped for you to say, now's the time I'm going to do this right now, and then to go after it? Because that's a big project. 
It was a big project, but one of the things that is really important to me now, I mean, the magazine is called marketing media money. So that kind of tells you right there. But one of the things that's so important to me in my business and in my clients too, is that you shouldn't be doing anything that you don't monetize. Like every single thing you do should be monetizing. Now, does everything monetize dollar for dollar straight across? No, but I will tell you, even from day one, Mm-hmm. When the magazine came out, it did monetize for me by opportunity. Like it didn't always yeah. like, you know, I don't, ha- I don't let anybody advertise in it. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's no advertising in it. So it's really is truly, but I have to tell you, it has been a great tool for my business. So it's always about how you leverage it. So that's the most important thing for me is that when you want to do something, you need to think about it and say, how is it going to fit with everything else in your business? How are you going to monetize it? Right. What do you need? Right. Who do you need? That's really important. Right. And is it something that you can get to the marketplace faster if you collaborated with somebody else? So I think that's really important. I've had to ask myself those questions. And I really think that early on in my business, I thought I had to do everything myself. Right. Oh, no. The only way to make sure that it's up to my standards, so to speak, is if I do it myself. I had to learn that that's really not true. I can get to the marketplace faster. Other people bring skill sets that I don't have. Collaborating has been really great. But you do have to ask yourself the hard questions and be willing to answer when it's not your strength. It's okay that everything isn't your strength. I think so many people get tripped up by that, especially earlier in their business. So what advice would you give to people listening who are thinking, no, I I have to do it myself or I I can't control it or they're afraid to let go of pieces? I would say the first thing is there's always agreements that you can make. So, you know, when I collaborate, I think a lot of times everybody thinks the value of what they do is this, right? And that's the biggest way to mess up a JV or a for a collaboration is when you don't align with what the value is. So I think it's really important to put that in writing. So that's one of the first things. But I think the first question you should ask yourself really is to write down everything that you do mm-hmm. and then write down all the things that you want to do. Like what are the, you know, the big things that if you could just do, had enough time, what are all those things? And then look at them and see how many of those things support what you're already doing. Because if you want to do all these things that have nothing to do with what you're doing, they might need to sit in a chair unless you have some collaborative things. But there, are, you can be adding new things all the time to what you're doing and have it work and be very little amount of extra work really for what you're doing. That makes sense. And that's, that's a good way to look at it because it really is important to get that value piece of it right or you end up presenting the collaboration or the partnership. Right. That has really worked because, you know, it's kind of like when you go to somebody's website or you go somewhere and you say, oh, they sell this for this price. Now, sometimes they probably never sold it for that price. That's the value, but they always sell it when they're speaking or they sell it when they're doing this. So they always sell it at a lesser price. It is the value though. But the bottom line is I always think it's kind of funny sometimes that when people want to collaborate, they want what they're doing to be at the value, but they want the other person to do it at the at the offer price, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of the same going across. And that's why it's important to have that conversation. Yeah. And when you do, everything just falls into place. So have the, it kind of seems like it's a hard conversation, but believe me, it will save you lots of time, lots of money. Undoing something you did with somebody can be really a nightmare. So just know up front collaborations work, but it works when you have the conversations. 
Yeah, absolutely. Those are uh, some of the most important conversations. And if you're in a situation where that conversation doesn't happen or the other person doesn't want to have it, that's a red flag that, you know, you may want to go a different direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's really important. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing about out of all these different projects you've got going on? What do you love most about what you're doing in business? What I love the most that I'm doing, I would say the thing that the result that I love is not just seeing the transformation in my clients, but when they implement it and I see the transformation in their clients. Now that's really is exciting for me. So I really love that. Mm -hmm. What I love what I'm doing in my business right now Mm -hmm. is probably all the travel I'm doing, doing the international speaking and doing the international stuff because I really love to travel. And so it has really, really been fun because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yes, I am. I have an international business. Well, the internet can give you an international business, but are you really in the global marketplace? Right. right? And do you want to? And so for me, I don't have to work with people who are, but they have to want to. That's like what I'm into now. I really want to work with people who that's what they want. Whether they're doing it now or not, doesn't matter, but they want to be doing it. That makes sense. And I think it's it's really inspirational the way you've taken that goal, that, that love for travel and went, okay, how does my business model fit into this and created that speaking and event model that allows you to not just travel but to monetize it and really make it part of your business. But, you know, part of that was that they asked me too. This past year at my event in New York City that I do every year, we only had nine Americans. Everybody else was from Europe. Last year, we had all Europeans, no Americans. Isn't that funny? (laughs) And so I realized right then and there, like, okay, Patty, like, do I have to be hit on the head to say, you need to be spending more time in Europe, right? So so I think that's what I did. Europeans are all coming to New York. (laughs) You may want to go over there. That's what I thought, too. Awesome. Well, and and I really love what you said about what one of your favorite things in business is seeing that domino effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just seeing your clients succeed, but seeing their clients succeed and being able to just be part of that continuing success. That's fantastic. I think it's important because it's not about us, really. It really is about them. And I think that as long as we focus on that and remember why we do what we do, right, I think it's really, really important because we don't just get up every day and say, I mean, I know I don't get up every day and say, oh, how much money can I make today? I can't ever remember a day in my life that I yeah. thought that. Right. But I have gotten up and said, who can I serve today, though? Right. So it's always about being a better question to ask when you ask that question. The other stuff takes care of itself. Absolutely. All right. So where can people go to find out more about you? Well, they can find me everywhere on social media, but if they need a hub, they could just go to my website at pattyfarmer.com and they will find everything there. So you'll find everything there from speaking to the magazine and everything. So that's probably the place to go and stay tuned. So we're having a new mag, a new website come out. It should be out in about 30 days. I'm super excited going through a a rebrand right now. That's going to be more in align with what's happening now and what's to come. So there's a lot of things that are coming. So oh yeah, stay tuned for that. You've got you've got some projects we didn't have a chance to talk about. We may have to do a part two and talk about the castle and a few other big things coming up. We may have to do that. <laughs> All right. Thank you again for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was great to talk to you again and to serve your community. 
Absolutely. So for those of you listening, make sure you go connect with Patty, pattyfarmer.com. You can find the magazine at pattyfarmer.com forward slash magazine. Click the button, subscribe to that. You will love it. It comes out quarterly. And there's, like Patty said, fantastic articles in there that aren't just, hey, here's some theory. It's this is what's working right now for entrepreneurs like us. So be sure you take a look at that. And uh, wherever you're watching or listening to the podcast today, please hit like, rate, review, subscribe, and I will see you back on the next episode.